Gracious Lord, we come to you with all kinds of needs today. We know you are a generous God. Be gracious to us as we listen to you and satisfy our deepest needs and longings of our heart. Saturate us in your word and Holy Spirit and make us holy through your truth so that we would walk out of here today with a a renewed vision of life in your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I only want what's fair. Does that sound fair enough to you? I only want what's fair. I was having a laugh with my parents this past week over something that happened when I was a, a kid. My parents are sitting there behind Janelle. They know what I'm talking about. It's not a big deal. It's no big deal. But I've never forgotten this event. And what happened was my sister and me were sitting up against the the lime green bench tops, so it was probably about the mid-80s sometime. And uh, my dad here was scooping out two bowls of ice cream, one for my sister Simone and one for me. And so dad dished up mine. Like I said, I only want what's fair. Anyway, I received my bowl and I was quite content until I saw a higher mountain of ice cream in my sister's bowl. Maybe I'm exaggerating. And then I made a mistake that's lived with me for a very long time. I complained to Dad and I said, look how much she got. That's not fair. Guess what happened? You didn't top up my bowl with ice cream, did you, Dad? Throwing all fairness and justice to the wind, my dad swept up my bowl and scooped all my ice cream into my sister's bowl saying, well then, Vaughan, you get nothing. My sister was laughing and trying to cover it up. You know that deep guttural kind of laugh when you're trying to hide it, probably so she didn't lose her double portion. And so I was angry at dad because I had that ripped off feeling. And I was mad at my sister because she was tucking into my ice cream. Isn't it amazing the things you remember 20 years down the track? Ice cream. But tell me, you be the judge. Was that fair? Actually, Dad and I have been through a forgiveness right. Now, I know Aussies are all for fairness. I know that, you know that. But there's a point where all that changes. I don't know, like me, maybe you've learned in the school of experience that fair's fair until we think someone else is getting more than their fair share, right? I want to know, is that what happened in Jesus' parable of the vineyard today? Did some workers get more than their fair share? The owner of the vineyard, he'd been into town and he'd picked up the first group of workers at about 6am. And the story, it reads a little bit like an employer who goes down maybe to the local Centrelink office and picks up workers to go and work in his vineyard. And so they jump into the back of his ute and they're ready to go for the day as soon as they arrive back at the property and they agree that the pay on offer for the day is fair to them and fair to the employer. So off they go into the vineyard and they start work. And then at 9am, 12pm, midday, 3pm, more workers come. Even as late as 5pm, just an hour before the workday ends, the owner comes back into town and picks up more workers. Well, what was their pay agreement? The Bible says that he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. 
the employer, the employer promises to pay what's fair and so everyone's happy for now. Things are all good. And then knock-off time arrives. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius, a silver coin. Awkward moment, massive awkward moment. The workers who'd been on the job for 60 minutes just received a whole day's wages. There's some tension. Those who've battled through the heat of the day, who got out of bed at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning, whose muscles are tired after 12 solid hours of work in a vineyard. They see this happening and something dawns on them. Oh, perhaps the daily pay rate we agreed to is actually an hourly rate. Awesome. So when those who came, who were hired first, they expected to receive more, verse 10 says. Things are looking up. Now they might actually buy something for the kids on the way home. Some flowers for their wives maybe. Bottle of wine to go with dinner. Oh no, another very awkward moment. They received the same one denarius that the workers who'd been on site for 60 minutes received and so they start grumbling. They've got that ripped off feeling because this just isn't fair. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Would you be happy if you worked a 12-hour shift and then someone came along for the last 60 minutes and then got paid exactly the same pay that you got paid? Would you think that's fair? I could imagine some pretty angry picket lines forming at that vineyard. I can imagine media being called in. I can imagine people sending emails to Tracy Grimshaw or A Current Affair or whoever she works for. I can see headlines in the paper saying, Aussie workers ripped off in pay fiasco. It's not fair. Well, today isn't about what's fair. It's not about anyone getting ripped off. Today is about common needs. Today is about not what you've got coming to you because of the hours you've put in. It's not about a fair day's pay. Today is about grace, which by the way, friends, is very, very unfair. Grace is unfair. The vineyard depicted in this parable, you know, it's the kingdom of God. So when you hear vineyard, think about the activity of God's glorious kingdom in your life and in the world around you. Fair's fair doesn't fit in the kingdom of God. It has no place. In the back of your minds, you know that full well. The kingdom of God comes to you out of pure grace. It doesn't come to you because you will it into existence. It doesn't come to you because you usher it in with all your church work and effort in ministry or the number of working bees that you've ever rocked up for. It doesn't come to you because you've been in church longer than anyone else or you appear to have less struggles than the people around you. The kingdom of God doesn't come to you because of your own self-assessment that says you're worthy of heaven. It doesn't come to you like that. The kingdom of heaven comes to you because the king of the heavenly kingdom is so very, very gracious. Grace is not fair. That is why it is grace. We know this, but 
what tends to creep into our thinking is something very different. It's like a virus. It creeps in when we see people who are struggling to get their act together. When we look at people who never seem to put their hand up to volunteer for church stuff, yet seem so very pleased to enjoy all the benefits of being in kingdom community. It's then that the thought pops into our head. Hey, we do everything around here. We do everything around here. And when this happens, even without meaning to do it, we start to see our spiritual worth. We start to see our spiritual health based on how much work we do for the church or or what our spiritual life looks like, the good works that we're doing. It creeps in and before we realise it, we slowly begin to assume that maybe we need less grace than some of the other people that we worship with and live with because our contribution to God's kingdom, all the good works and all the praying we're doing and all the church work we're doing somehow is so valuable to God, he's so pleased with me that we don't need as much grace as everyone else. Well, that's self-glorification. It doesn't glorify God. And what a dangerous, what a dangerous spiral when Christians confess that they're saved by grace alone but live like their work in the kingdom will somehow earn them greater pay, more grace or even a more lavish reward in heaven than the next person. It begs a question, When you heard this parable of the workers in the vineyard today, which group of workers did you identify yourself with? I mean, without really over-analysing it, did you see yourself in those hard-working labourers who'd been on the job from 6am and worked all day till 6pm? And if you did, who told you that? Who told you that you were part of that group and not one of the groups that clocked on later? How do you know you're not one of the people who worked 60 minutes but received a full day's pay? We don't know. We don't know. We can't compare. And so to the glory of God today, to the glory of God, today Jesus is turning our system of fairness upside down, flipping it on its head by grace. It's time to stop counting our working hours and hear the simple and awesome truth that Paul says in Ephesians. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that, in order that, this is important, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For, because, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And in case we get proud, and this is not from yourselves, And in case we didn't hear it, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For, because we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus 
like destiny was before, recreated in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Wow, hang on a minute. Even our good works, even our service in the church and beyond the church and in the world, God prepared in advance for you to do. So we can't even claim credit for that. God prepared that in advance for all of you to do and for me to do. Wow. So that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace in your life. My deepest joy, friends, my deepest joy and my prayer for you today is that you would rejoice simply, simply because you have been called to be a worker in God's vineyard. You have a place in the kingdom of God. You belong here by grace alone, by the power of Jesus' death and resurrection at work in your life today. You have privileged work to do and God has even given you the talents that you need to do it and so glorify him. Give him a good reputation as you go out these doors today and interact with other people in the calling that he's given you. You give God a good reputation because other people see God at work in your life and they glorify him. And here's the freeing part. This needs to become not a point of comparison with anyone else. It is a lifelong journey of gracious gratitude to the God who enables our work in the first place. Grace called you to work in the kingdom. Grace lets you participate in that glorious ministry of God for the joy of all peoples. Hear this one. Grace compensates. Grace compensates for your and my shortcomings and challenges in that work. Isn't that good news? And grace, not your own work ethic, not your own work hours, is what crowns that work at the end of the day. Grace crowns those good works that God prepared in advance for you to be able to participate in as you walk in obedience to him. Our human instincts, I'm going to finish up here now, our human instincts tell us that fair's fair until someone gets more than their fair share. As Christians, I can tell you, and I think you know, that we've all received exceedingly more than we deserve from God's hand. And so I want to ask you today, will you rejoice? Will you rejoice today that the fullness of God's grace has touched your life? Can you rejoice in that? All the work of the cross of Jesus' death and resurrection, everything, the filling of the Holy Spirit, all of that has touched your life. Can you rejoice and be glad in that? Will you rejoice in not comparing your life and service in the kingdom to others? Rejoice today, like John's Gospel says, that you've all received grace upon grace. Rejoice that you're all children of the light, called to serve a living God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, to the glory of God. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. They don't save you. God's grace saves you. But you're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Father, we thank you that, and we rejoice today, that the fullness of your grace has touched our lives.
Help us to grasp just how amazing that is. Father, help us as we go out and leave this place to not compare our lives and service to other people but to just be glad that we are receivers of grace upon grace, that you pour your life and salvation into each one of our hearts. We thank you that you've called us out of darkness into your great light. We pray that as we go out from here that we would keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and that we would follow him and that the generosity that you've lavished us with would flow from us to others, that people would stand in awe of the incomparable richness of your grace to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus. Amen.